Welcome to the Well and Balanced Podcast with Jessica and Tracy. This podcast is all about exploring the wellness practices that we love and diving into the wellness trends of today. We are obsessed with self-care in all forms, from face oils to yoga and Pilates, and from holding boundaries to learning about supplements. Our modern lives are busy, but we believe everyday wellness and balance are possible. So join us for candid conversations between two friends, kicking back, a little bit of fun, and hopefully a dose of inspiration. Hey guys, welcome to the Well and Balanced podcast. I'm Jessica and I'm here with Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hello. How are you? I'm good. I, um, I'm actually pretty sore today. <laughs> yeah, from berries. I yeah, think from we'll, berries. Uh, let everybody know how our kind of overnight date was uh, when we get into it. But it's funny because I am definitely, I haven't been sore from anything in a really long time. And my thighs, I could feel it today. Yeah, me too. Yeah, the thighs and the butt. And yeah, it's so good. It's like the best feeling in the world. So I'm good. I'm moving a little slow today. <laughs> Not going to lie. I had a bunch of classes this morning, like corporate courses. So I taught those. And then I got home and just ate. Oh, actually, I went for a walk with one of my friends who just had a baby, which was so nice. Um, oh, I just love that little guy. And then came home and we had this gross old cake, the kind of ones you can buy frozen, that chocolate oh. one that my kids love. I wouldn't eat it for my birthday, but they want a cake for my birthday. And I kind of felt like Miranda from Sex in the City. Do you remember that episode when she oh, just cut it off of yeah? And she had to throw it out and then starts eating it out of the garbage can. I just could not stop. I it was like the same kind of thin slices. And I'm, I'm going to say I got a quarter of the way through the cake and I was just, this is right before we got on this call and I was like, I, I, I just have to shut this down. I mean, I just, I'm, I'm watching myself. I'm having an out of body experience trying to make myself stop and I couldn't. And then finally I pulled the ripcord and got on this. So it was good. We had this time plan because I'd be really sick if I didn't stop. Oh my God. Well, I absolutely, you know, chocolate cake is like my kryptonite and Oh yeah, I can totally picture that Sex in the City episode where Miranda she's calling she's calling Carrie and she's like Carrie check on your friend she just ate cake from the trash can <laughs> yeah that's that was the vibe I was I was thinking about that and I'm not normally like that but it was just so cold and oh I just you know I ate my lunch and I just wanted a little something and then you can't stop but I think today we were actually talking about we were going to have a little bit of a coffee date update, but I was thinking about what I, I've been feeling so good lately, actually, just really happy. And just, I'm just wondering, what is that shift? Why does everything feel so light? And I have had a little bit more time off because the studio is closed, but I still have all the rest of my work. And I was thinking I've been having a really good time lately because I've been prioritizing doing fun things. I know that sounds so silly and so stupid, but I wanted to talk about the power of a good time because mm. we, you know, it's well and balanced. We talk about all these wellness stuff and skincare and, you know, a little bit of working out meditation, cold plunge. And it's, we don't talk enough about the simplicity of just having great relationships and having a good time. I know we don't. And 
I wonder if part of it's because as adults and as mothers specifically, so much of our mental load, so much of like our to-do list each day is just like keeping track of the details of our life. Like who needs to be where at what time? Okay, what's happening? Who do we need to coordinate with? And who's going to pick up the kids and who's going to make the dinner? And that sometimes it's maybe a bit more difficult to have those organic good times. And so it kind of slips through the cracks. Like we actually have to make an effort to prioritize things in our life that have no purpose other than just being fun. Like it's not to yeah, work just out fun. exercise. Yeah. It's not to like network to make connections for business. It's not this or it's that. It's not self-care. It's not self-care. I mean, it is, <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's literally just having a bit of fun, which used to come so easily when we, you know, you have a lot more time when you're younger, even though you think you don't. Once you have kids, you really have to prioritize. And I mean, I was, we had, I, we had that wonderful weekend at Fury actually, which was so much more successful. I, I'm very negative. You're quite positive. And I was, I've already troubleshooted next year. You know, what if this happens? What if that? And you, you just thought it was a little bit insane. I'm already planning for everything that could go wrong. Cause I like everything to be a bit perfect, but it was just the best weekend. It was so great. And I think one of the things you and I, with our partnership, as we're doing things together with a zest and just in general, we've talked about this idea kind of piggybacking on a previous episode we did of like not only what lights us up but also how we create boundaries around things that that steal our peace and so kind of at the crux of all of that is this idea of like really truly what makes us feel good and makes us feel happy or content and when you and I have had all these conversations and we got to this really clear understanding of like when we work together that has to be the foundation of every choice that we make is, is it in alignment with our priorities? And our priorities are really like, is it in flow? Is it in the sense of ease? Or is it struggle? Is it challenging? Is it difficult? Are we like constantly meeting resistance? And when we started planning this weekend of Fury, everything like happened really fast and it was so great. And and then we were like, oh my gosh, maybe it's not going to happen. Maybe we're not going to get people. It's only two months away. And so we were just like, all right, we're done. We're just going to cancel it. We're not even going to deal with it, like whatever. And then all of a sudden we got like a ton of registrations and we were just like, oh, this is a sign. Okay. We, we are doing something that people want. <laughs> and then it ended up being really successful. And I just, for me, that's, that was a big takeaway was just like the flow of energy because I think we kind of took the expectations off of it. We weren't like, oh my God, we has to look a certain way. It has to be like this or that. We were just kind of like, all right, well, let's see. And then it happened and we we're like, wow, that was great. And now we're going to do it again. And it was such, you know, I say this, but maybe it is because of how we wrote it and people are attracted to what we were providing, but it was such a good group of people. Like, I, you know, I say to you, and maybe we, and there are already people who are coming back and signing up for next year, but it was just such a special group of just really nice, open people, like-minded people. So it was just such a joy to do. And 
it was really fun. And it was really fun for us to be there together. Cause I think in our careers, we've done things alone this kind of whole time. Like I wasn't in yoga before, so I'm always used to working with other people. And I, and I really enjoy that. I like being part of a team, but you know, doing yoga and Pilates or in this kind of wellness space, there is a lot of, you do a lot of things independently. It's just the nature of the job. But it was so nice to have someone to rely on feedback, you know, you know, someone lost a ring down the sink and, you know, they figured out with maintenance, we were chatting and we had to change some of the times and we were running around the hotel and what would have been a little bit, you know, it was kind of like camp, just making sure everything went smoothly. And if it didn't, and someone told us we, they wanted something or needed something, we were able to tag team so much. And I, I wouldn't have been able to do that weekend by myself or wouldn't have gone as smoothly. And it was just kind of this really beautiful passing a baton of tasks and it made it really fun. And then we could debrief what went well, what could we do better? It was just that really nice support system. I agree. It. I don't think I would want to do run a retreat by myself. It's, it is oh, a lot I of wouldn't. work and that's fine. Like everything we do is a lot of work, but in terms of what you're talking about, like the level of customer service that we wanted to provide and then that we were able to provide because there were two of us and we could, one of us could go over to this group and handle the questions that they had about what's happening with the pool and blah, blah, blah. And then the other one of us could go talk to the food and beverage manager and be like, okay, we need to have this, you know, situated a bit. And and it went so smoothly, actually, which was great. But I think that's because we were both really present and we're really hyper-focused on being able to provide a really high level of customer service. And I think that makes a difference. Like that's not something that is always at the forefront of people's minds when they're doing some kind of an offering, like not on purpose, like they're not, they're not trying to do a bad job, but there is a, another level that I think can always be achieved. And you know, for me, I did my um, my undergraduate, my bachelor degree. One of my minors was hotel and restaurant tourism management. And so I've always been really excited about anything related to hospitality. And this was the first retreat I've ever run. And so it was like really cool to kind of be like, all right, okay, we got to think about this and think about that. And yeah. And that's why we're going to do it again. Uh, big shout out to Fury. Shout out yeah, to I Fury. just want to say... Big shout out to Fury. They were so great. Love that hotel. And they really went above and beyond. So I know uh, probably this won't make it back to them, but I just have to say big shout out to Fury. They did a great job. But yeah, registration is going to be open. You can continue with that. Yeah. Registration is going to be open before Christmas sometimes. So we've signed the contract. The the wheels are in motion. And I think, yeah, we're going to have a lot of repeat people coming back from this time, which is awesome because People traveled from actually all over Norway to come to this retreat. And so if you're interested, I mean, we it was so fun. We taught six classes. We had uh, four yoga classes and two Pilates classes and went to the pool club. Beautiful food, amazing dinners, amazing breakfast buffets. And most importantly to Tracy and I, we had downtime. Like we had some time to just kind of enjoy your vacation and some people went and had drinks at night and went to the bar and some people just went by themselves and took a nap in their hotel room. And that's exactly the vibe we wanted to create because that's the vibe we want when we go on vacation. Like no 
forced socializing, no, no have tos, no have tos, no like group schedule of like, okay, at this time, at this time, at this time, it's like, here's a class, come if you want. <laughs> yeah, like it, it's definitely not boot camp. Um, yeah, so it was a really good time. And then you had your really nice book event dinner and you said you, yeah, it was such a good time in Hampstead all, which is really exciting. Yeah, I did. So, you know, this episode's really just kind of like our coffee catch up date. And we're just kind of talking about what we've been up to. And it's been a wild few days for me and, and you yeah, too. You did a lot. So then you can share after me, but it's like, funny because I've been home so much this fall, which I love. Now it feels like a big contrast whenever I have like a bunch of stuff happening back to back. And yeah, so Friday night, it's now Wednesday, we're recording. And I had this super cozy book launch, book party uh, discussion thing here in Hempstedall at the super cute little boutique, my favorite boutique in Hempstedall. It's called Robin. If anybody listening has been to Hempstead All, I'm sure you've been in this boutique. It's right downtown. Super cute. And the owner, Carolina, did an awesome job organizing everything. And so, yeah, I just talked about my book and Ayurveda for a little bit, signed some books. And then we all went next door to the super cute, super amazing restaurant, Kroken Shoken. And their food is just so good. So good. And we had a really cozy dinner. We all sat at one big table and socialized. And now, so the ski hill here in Hempstead all opens on Friday. So it's going to be tourist town for the next several months. So this was kind of like a nice way for some of the locals to hang out and just kind of socialize before the craziness happens. So that was fun. And then we did a big Thanksgiving on Saturday. So it was really like party on Friday. And then American Thanksgiving, there's so much food to cook and time. And I'd already been cooking for like two days before. And so we made two pies, apple, pumpkin. I made fresh cranberry sauce. We did the whole turkey. We had mashed potatoes, gravy, garlic, green beans, these honey glazed roasted carrots. Oh, and stuffing, like stuffing. That sounds so good. good. I mean, it's just bread and butter, basically. Yeah, all the good stuff all the good stuff. And we had another American Norwegian family come over with their kids who are kind of the same age as my kid and just celebrated our first Thanksgiving really in Norway. And it was awesome. It was just so nice. But I think there's a reason that like some of these holidays should only happen once a year because we had so So much much work. It's so much work. It's so much work. Like I was so stressed, like timing everything and Luckily, I had another oven I could use because you're cooking different things at the same time and and stuff. But also, the food is so good. But then you just eat so much of it that you almost make like you and the cake. It like makes you sick. Yeah. Like oh my gosh. I like everybody talks about intuitive eating. I don't know what the fuck that means. Like we're just. I feel like I'm a kind of squirrel, and if I see food, I get really excited. And. I, I can usually stop myself, like if it's healthy food or, but I don't think when you talk about intuitive eating, they add sugar in mind because there's something about processed food and sugar that you just can't get full and you can't get enough of. So yeah. I feel like my little squirrel brain, there's no intuition there. It's just, I will gorge myself on food until someone pulls me away from it or I really am feeling rough. That's the vibe. 
But I mean, don't you think that is intuitive eating though? No, no, absolutely not. I think, I don't think there is such a thing as intuitive eating because I do think we're hardwired to feast when we can because there used to be really like evolutionary, you know, we had big periods of famine where we couldn't find food. So we're, yeah. we're hardwired to look for food and eat when we can, but we have food available all the time. So that doesn't really work anymore. I don't know. I feel like I eat intuitively. I eat when I'm hungry. I don't eat when I'm not. And I don't count calories. I don't pay attention to fat content of a food. I mean, I am aware of if a food is healthy or not healthy, but in general, like I take I feel like the whole point of intuitive eating is to help people who have had yes. maybe some disordered eating habits in the past where they're so worried about how the food is going to turn into fat in their body. Oh, 100%. Like, I don't do any of that stuff either. I'm yeah. just saying, I think anybody given the option between a salad and the taste of McDonald's without a conscious decision-making process. Maybe. I don't know. McDonald's makes me feel sick. So I would not choose McDonald's. Like given the choice between a salad and McDonald's, I would choose a salad. Oh, oh yeah, me too. But once upon a time, I think that's why we have to tell children what to eat. Because yeah. if you look at kids and give them a plate of fries or what's intuitively what we think is better for them, they'll go for yeah. hot dog and fries every time. That That's more what I mean. I think it's more a mature and conscious response based on our information of what's nutritious that you know and and what you eat more of you crave you have to kind of not train yourself but it becomes and your body craves whatever you give it so if you put garbage in and wants more garbage and if you put healthy stuff in it you know it generally wants more healthy things i think yeah i agree with that and also i think yeah over time you learn how things make you feel And that informs your choice with food a lot too, is like, okay, I know we had pumpkin pie. I love pumpkin pie. I only get it once a year. Did I eat way too many slices in one sitting? Absolutely. Did I know I was doing it? Yes. (laughs) Yes. Like I knew I probably wasn't going to feel amazing after it, but it was the choice I made in the moment. And I had no feelings about it. I had no like guilt or shame in the back of my head. Like you fat pig. I was just like, yeah. Oh my God, this is the best pie I've ever had. And I'm going to eat more of it. And so for me, that's the part of intuitive eating is like trying to remove any of the shame around my food choices mm. that I think a lot of people struggle with. Yeah. I think I'm more, yeah, it's more the word intuitive that I get stuck on. I think I yeah. like the word more balanced. It's like I generally, I kind of try and hover around 80 20, 80% healthy. Like I do eat really healthy, but sometimes I just want to shit best and that's yeah. it. And I know I'm doing it. I know I'm going to be sick and we're just getting it done. And I have no feelings about it. And I, you know, like Sorlin chips here. Oh my God. Like they're criminal how good those chips are. And I've, I, I love eating them. And I'm going to say once or twice a month, I will eat the whole bag by myself. I will not share with anybody, like a big bag. And yeah. I'm really happy with that choice. And I look yeah. forward to it. No, no problem there. So I think that is maybe how we're like framing it or, yeah. you know, the vernacular we're using to describe exactly the same thing, I think. Yeah. Well, and then, so I had my big Thanksgiving on 
Saturday and then you had your birthday on Sunday. What did you get up to? Uh, I had an absolutely wonderful, wonderful birthday. And I think that's kind of what, yeah, really kind of provoked the idea of the powerful good time. Love my birthday. I am a bit of a control freak and I'm really good at having a good time. I think that's what a lot of people like. I really know how to have a good time. I really enjoy having a good time and I plan having a good time and it usually works out. So for my birthday, I leave nothing to chance because I'm one of those people who really love my birthday and other people's birthdays. And I think on your birthday, you get to decide to do whatever you want. So woke up, sauna and swim with my husband in the morning. And I think I told you the story and I, this has really got me thinking. So we show up at the sauna and there's this, it's funny because I, you know, we are yogis and we're yoga teachers. There's this guy in the middle of the sauna who takes up the entire sauna he's by himself. And usually you would kind of, if you're by yourself, it's like in a restaurant, you would sit at the bar or at a two person table. It would be the equivalent of one person sitting at a 12 person table, spread eagle. I mean, he's wearing shorts, but like really legs akimbo, breathing really intently with his yogic breath, silent in the sauna. And, you know, it was a bit awkward because I kind of had to find places around him. And there was these five Norwegian girls and we were finding kind of room to stand. We all had to sit separately because this one person was taking up the whole sauna and it was really energetically aggressive. I mean, it was, you know, he was silent, but it was like an aggressive silent with really controlled breathing. And we were all kind of looking at each other. It was quite strange. And, you know, I'm a very you do you kind of person. If he was, didn't take up all that space and was doing that, you could still see the view in a more respectful part and just I felt like these practices, instead of unity, connecting him with other people, these spiritual or pseudo-spiritual breathwork practices seem to separate him from everybody else and not Mm. make him more compassionate and empathetic in his use of space and appropriateness in the social situation. And he obviously didn't care about sharing the space. But it made me really reflect that we do all these things. And I know we want to feel, everyone says, I'm awakened or I've woken up. If I say that one more time, I'm going to lose it. But if you use a spiritual path to put other people down, separate yourself, feel that you're more enlightened than someone else, or completely lose any human decency or awareness of others, what is the point of all this stuff? Mm. I love that because I think we've kind of forgotten the point sometimes. And I know for myself, I have experienced this so many times. And as you're telling the story, it really is bringing up a bunch of memories for me in terms of how there are some people in spiritual circles, in the yoga community, who use their practices as a way to be judgmental against other people. And it's actually really disgusting. Like that behavior turns me off so fast. And just the this like, I'm better than you because I'm up at 4 a.m. meditating every morning and doing breath work, or I have this aesthetic lifestyle. I don't believe in possessions, or I don't eat chocolate cake every day. And I'm not a scattered mom. I'm just too spiritual for all of that. And I'm just like, that's so gross. And it's so 
actually, I mean, at a very theological, very like principled philosophical definition, like that's just your ego, their ego getting in the way and this separation that is distancing themselves from their own humanity. And to me, I always kind of, I get like sort of grossed out by those people. And then I'm also kind of chuckling because I'm like, okay, all you're doing with this type of behavior is showing that you don't actually understand the principles of yoga. <laughs> like, well, it's, it's, a, it's a, a performative, it's, yeah. it's a performative spirituality. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a cultivated, you know, all the, ta- he had all the tattoos, the, you know, the um tattooed all, you know, all the different, and listen, I love tattoos. I think they look great on people. This is no judgment. If you want to breathe super loud and be silent in a sauna, you do you. That's that's totally fine. But don't take up the whole space in a really aggressive way. And yeah, it, it was just so performative. He knew we were watching him. Mm. And maybe I'm just internalizing that, but you can feel, I mean, we're all animals. Like you can feel the vibes in the environment. And we were all just so immediately um, just, it was just rude behavior. It, It was the complete in the same vein, but the polar opposite of someone in a quiet space speaking super loudly on their cell phone on FaceTime. That's my biggest pet peeve is when people have speakerphone and they're talking on the phone. Just yeah. put in some earbuds. Just have a one-way conversation. We don't need to hear the person on the other hand that's staticky, especially on the tube. And I felt like he had the same kind of effect on people with silence. Mm. It was a rude silence. And I know that sounds insane, but it was, and we all felt it. So, <laughs> But afterwards, I thought it was really interesting because it was also a little bit of a nudge for me to kind of start my 42nd year, yes, with that... Um, more, I had the best morning with the kids and everything, but to start with that, just a little bit of, oh, okay, you know, made me a little bit conscious of myself and kind of how I want to move through this year with more love and connection and more relationships with other people, the or the ones I have. It, it was it was kind of a message of oneness versus separation. Mm, yeah, like a clean slate, sort of like re-clarifying your intention. Absolutely. And just what are the practices that make me feel good? And are they bringing me closer to the kind of person I want to be? Or are they removing me or separating me from other people or the relationships and kind of person I want to be? So just like mm-hmm. a little evaluation on that. I'm always kind of, you know... When is it time to feel like, oh, I want to kind of have a look at some of these things? When is self-improvement applicable? And when do you take a step back? And when do you just have a good time? And then I went for lunch with my kids. We had the best time at Pastis. It was this French restaurant in Akibriget. It was fantastic. And then I had a huge kind of champagne fest with my husband at night. And we had an absolute great time. And then you came into town and we did it all over again. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. But before we get into that, I just want to say one thing because it, I don't know why I've been thinking about this recently, but talking about this kind of performative touching into the yoga world a bit. And there was never like a place to bring this up because it was just sort of a random memory of mine, but it's also kind of a commentary on what we're talking about with that. So 
back in the day when I started practicing yoga, there was, you know how in every community, there's always kind of like the markers that you belong in that community, like the clothing you wear, the words. The mala beads. The mala beads, just the words that you say that indicate you're part of the scene. And depending on whatever scene that is in the world. And in the yoga scene, there was, you know, there's certain cues we've all heard. There's, you know, just all the stuff. But for a while, it was really, I'm trying to think how to say this. So as a student, teachers would sometimes say to their students individually, one-on-one, like after class when you're chatting, the teacher would say to you like, oh, you have a beautiful practice. And it was kind of this acknowledgement from your teacher, like, okay, your poses look really good. And as a student, of course, it made you feel amazing. And you wanted to hear your student or your teacher say that. And it was kind of like floating around the community. Like I had that happen at a bunch of different studios that I was practicing at. And, and I was also guilty as a teacher of saying this to some of my students. And it came up in my mind because this is not something you would ever probably see anymore just because we have so much more awareness of like how most of us are trying to teach yoga where it's not about necessarily how good the poses look. I mean, we need to have safe alignment, but in terms of recognizing that everybody's body is so different, I think we've come a long way in that, which I think is awesome. But it just popped up in my mind recently of like, I have this exact memory of me. I was doing triangle pose, my favorite pose. And the teacher came by and she was like, oh, you have a really beautiful practice, Jessica. And I was like, oh, thank you. Yes. I, <laughs> I, you know, I'm doing yoga twice a day. I hope I do. But it was just that performative thing of like, you want the teacher to say you have a beautiful practice. And yeah, I don't, there's nothing more to do about that. But it was just like, so strange how things evolve. And How much, I guess the bottom line here is how much performance is integrated into these spiritual practices or yoga practices, whether consciously or unconsciously. And to me, that's a big problem. Well, I think also with social media, things have become so performative. Like who would make a beautiful kind of smoothie bowl like that if they were just eating themselves, you know, having breakfast by themselves? I mean, so much of it has become performative because there's an audience for everything in the way there wasn't before. Yeah. So that's just such a kind of interesting thing as well. But um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I don't think I've ever said that to anyone, but I've definitely said, I can see there's such a big change in your practice from a few weeks ago. Like if there's an absolute beginner and they come every week, it is just unbelievable how quickly people's bodies adapt to certain movements because mm. it does go quite fast if you're consistent. And I think that is interesting, but yeah, the purpose of how you feel versus how you look, I think with this kind of stuff. But um, I was so excited when you came to yeah. also, cause we kind of had like a big zest day out. We did. And this is kind of the whole point was like, First of all, to celebrate your birthday. And then second of all, just to have fun. Because for me, especially when I come from Hemsedal to Oslo, it's almost always just for work stuff. I'm in, I'm working, and then I go home. And I never get to do any of the fun stuff in Oslo, really, which always bums me out. And so we we planned just this quick little trip to do fun things. And we With did. no work. 
with no work. And we did so many fun things. Like we crammed a lot into like 24 hours, which was awesome. We did our absolute favorite thing. I do this all the time. I mean, we went sauna and swimming, had a great time. Actually, we're in like, we got kicked out of a silent sauna because we didn't know it was silent, silent sauna. So anybody who saw us there, um, they didn't tell us when we came in. It's usually Scarvin, but this time it wasn't. It's at uh, Secret Beats Inn. But then we went into this hut with this group of women and we had the best time. Like, I love all the women in there. It was really chatty and really fun. And everyone's doing essential oils. And it was just so fun to be with strangers, but in community. It was just mm-hmm. such a fun chat. It was fun. And it was just like light. There was no, it was just, yeah, everybody was kind of having these random conversations. And there were like, what, three or four different groups of women, like who were friends, including us. And everybody yeah. Yeah, was kind of chatting back and forth and They'd go in and swim and then come back and then we'd go swim and come back. And it was fun. And you know, it was funny. I didn't even tell you this. So I got off my bus and we we're going to meet at Kumi. And yeah. so I went to Kumi. I was there a little early. They opened at 10 or 11. I can't, it must've been 11. And I had no idea. I mean, I know Kumi's popular and like, I like to go there when I'm in town. I know you go there a lot. There was so many people waiting outside for them to have really good coffee. <laughs> yeah. But it was, I was shocked. I was like, and we were all every once in a while, somebody would go up and like try the door. Cause it was like 1101 and they weren't open. And then it was 1102 and they still weren't open. And then yeah, finally open earlier, Kumi, like what the hell? I just have to say that because they have these amazing fresh, fresh juices. They could just open for coffee juice and some buns. So that's a vote out there. Kumi, you got to open earlier than 11. It's insane. Well, it was hilarious. And they opened the door and it's like 10 people are rushing in. Heard. Yeah. I heard all at once. And I was like, so I rushed up to do our coffee order right away because I was like, oh my God, I don't want to get stuck behind all these people. (laughs) (laughs) But I was just like, oh my God, it's a rat race. Okay, here we go. Where's my coffee? Yeah. And uh, I I do love that place because everything's so fresh and nice in there. And then I can't even remember, we went to the best restaurant i've been to in a really long time well we went to pilates first oh yeah we went to pilates yeah and it was a place we hadn't been to before and it was reformer it was reformer and and we did a little circuit with the chair and the spine corrector and you know it was okay it was classical pilates taught with classical weights and because I taught reformer for so many years and know a lot about it, the classical program with the classical weights is not going to do a lot if you're young and you're youngish and you work out on a regular basis. Like it's too light. You're not going to feel anything. So I know you perhaps didn't get what you needed as much from the class. And I'm not, I'm not going to speak on that publicly because <laughs> well but it's not I I don't think it's it's not a bad thing it's not a it's not a um what am I trying to say here it's not a criticism no because the thing is I want to say like I could tell like everybody else in class loved that class like they were regulars who went there and how am I going to say this I I do not really sorry go ahead yeah no I'm just saying I'm not criticizing this at all no no I know you liked it though no 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 I did like it but I no, no, you did like it. I just don't want, I don't want to shade, I don't want to, yeah, I don't want to shade the class just because 
it wasn't a match for me. Yes. And for me, it was okay because I was able to change the springs a little bit easier and faster. Um, and, and also for me, the big thing was it just, I was really nostalgic about <laughs> because it was the closest class to what I used to take and what I used to teach. And when I was teaching classical reformer, I didn't teach the full classical sequence. I didn't use the weights that you're taught, like the spring weight that you're taught because mm-hmm. it doesn't work for most people. Like it's way too light. Like you don't feel anything. And that's what, that was what people, I think when people say they have a bad time at a reformer class, like in general, anywhere in the world, usually the number one criticism is that they didn't feel anything. Mm-hmm. And that's because probably, and this is just coming from my experience from teaching for many years, it's probably because it, the teacher was following the more classical format and not modifying yeah. it to be a bit more of a fitnessy reformer routine. And, and I get that. Yeah. And then also like some of the other like full kind of more fitnessy. So they they call it like classical Pilates and contemporary. And so yes. classical is following the exact uh, routine that Joseph Pilates created. And like mm. when I did my reformer training and I had to do my final teach out, I had to do the full classical routine. And it's so nitpicky. It's so like precise. Like you get marked off depending on which side of the box you get on or off and you know how much the springs move when you bring the carriage back in. And it's very nitpicky. Yeah. But then contemporary, which is designed to be more fitnessy, sometimes for me personally, it's too too fitnessy and not enough Pilates. See, I love see that's the thing. It's like I I love that. I'm only trained on that. So I don't have a reformer training. I only have a mat training. So I can't, I'm not an instructor speaking on this. So like yeah. you have a broader knowledge about the reformer, particularly. Um, obviously, because you know you're all the way uh, certified like 500 hour yeah. um with that. But what I love on the reformer is I do love a fitness. Like I used to go to hardcore in London. I like the reformer because it's a really safe way to work out. Yes. So you can do everything you would do at the gym. And I do like free weights because when you stand and have to hold yourself with more stability, it works on the core and, you know, but with the reformer, it's such a controlled way to do resistance training. So I do like fitness Pilates really. I mean, I like fitness yoga. I like fitness. So, I mean, that's why it's so hard to comment on these things is I always say to people, like, I'm not for everyone for sure. Like, you know, and everybody has a different preference. So just like dating, you need to find a teacher that you resonate with and you like their style. And, you know, that's kind of it. Like, you know, the teacher seemed very knowledgeable and, you know, I, I can't fault anybody on things like that. It just wasn't, um, yeah, it just wasn't like, yeah, exactly what you're saying for me. So I would say like the way, and here's why I enjoyed it so much too, is because it just, I haven't been able to teach a Pilates reformer class since I left the U S and I miss it so much. I love teaching reformer so much and just being in the studio with a, a bit more of a classical fill really just like made me feel good because I just have all these really good memories about teaching Pilates, yeah. and doing my training and, you know, all the 
the time I used to spend in the Pilates studio by myself, even practicing. And it just, I was like, oh my God, I have so much of this knowledge like locked in the back of my brain that I haven't been able to use in a long time. And I just was like, I kind of felt like inspired. And oh, I love that. I, yeah, I really loved it too. Cause I was just like, oh, that's great. Like, I love yoga. I love teaching yoga, but I also have this whole chapter of my life that was in Pilates and haven't really had a way to be part of the Pilates community, really. And now, you know, where I'm living and it's just really difficult, but it was fun. And then, then we went to this amazing dinner after. I loved Cole on the Island. It was so good. The service was amazing. It was just one of those things where they just hit it on every level. It was, the vibe was great. It was warm. The wine was fantastic. The waiter was just so attentive and so nice. And just the food was so interesting and beautiful. And I just, I, it was just such a joy to be there. So much fun. Every single bite of that food was out of the park. Like those, the scallops, we had like the scallop starter. I don't know what was going on with that, but it was, I just wanted to eat a whole bowl of just that. It was unbelievable. And it's funny because I had been vegan for such a long time, like for, I don't know, I think about six or seven years. And I stopped maybe not that long ago. I'm going to say like, I started opening up to eggs, which was my gateway drug to other uh, animal proteins. And I stopped maybe a few months ago. So I've been eating fish sometimes and I, I've been absolutely loving it. But it was the first time I had had meat in seven years that night. I was like, am I going to do it? Am I not going to do it? Um, what am I going to do with this? And honestly, I had this, uh, what was it? Pork Wellington. Yeah, it was just the best thing I've had, and I, I lost. I mean, I won't. This won't go into a vegan conversation, and I don't want to make. I don't want to trigger anybody because you know I still love plant based eating. I won't go into it too much, but I kind of lost the joy for food. Yeah, I just did. I wasn't excited about food anymore because like the options are a bit limited here if you're vegan, um, and man, it was just such. It was such a good time to have no restrictions and just eat some absolutely beautiful food. Oh man, it was, I'm still dreaming about that meal. I'm like, I have eaten like so the dessert. Well. The dessert was just outrageously good. It was like a work of art. It was so beautiful too. And I mean, I just can't, yeah, I can't believe how much good food I've had in the last like five days. I'm like, okay. This is really unusual for me to have like this level of food so often. Yeah. I mean, now I feel like I need like a fruit bowl and a salad. Like now, maybe that's intuitive eating part because now that I've really just eaten so much food lately, like I need to clean this vessel out. I mean, I'm feeling like heavy, sluggish. I need to clean it up. I, I, we had such a good time, but right now I'm actually feeling the effects of just the chocolate yeah, cake. <laughs> over and, yeah, the chocolate cake overindulging from what we did. But I have to say, one of the highlights for me, and I think we had the best time. I big shout out to Barry's man. And I I love to work out like that. And I haven't been able to because of my I can't really run anymore because of my knees. Um, I really shouldn't, but I really wanted to go to Barry's and I fucking loved it. Loved Barry's. It was so fun. And we've been talking about it forever, like a year probably going to berries together. 
A hundred percent. Like all my students who come to my uh, Pilates class on Zasto Mondays, they're like, they're like, oh, what are you going to do when we're gone? I'm like, well, what else do you do on Bruce? So they're like, we go to Barry's. Everybody goes to Barry's. My, you know, my friend Charlie, everyone's like, you got to go to Barry's. Loved it. Barry's was great. Love the red room. Love the music. You get smoothies after. It's super nice. Great change rooms. We went to Park Vine, the one uh, by the castle. Oh my, I mean, I really went for it running. I did hurt my leg. So I am limping around a little bit today. So it's going to be a while before I run again, but it was totally worth it. Love berries. Yeah. Well, and you know, I'm still dreaming of that smoothie. Like I, I have a smoothie. Yeah, they killed it. Two times a year. Like I just, from an Ayurvedic standpoint, I just don't drink a lot of smoothies, but I wanted one, their protein smoothie. I was like, you know what? I'm doing the whole thing. This feels very American to me. It felt really nice. I used to go to this Orange Theory Fitness in the U.S., and then there was a really nice smoothie shop right next to it. And so, like, you know, doing the whole thing, like the whole there's like a yeah, whole reminds me of London. Game. There's a there's a vibe. Like, a, they always have like a little smoothie bar and coffee bar at all the like gyms and boutique places in London. So that's what it reminded me of too. Yeah, and I just I can't. I actually woke up super early this morning with my son, and the first thing I thought of was that smoothie. I was like, my God, that was good. Like, oh yeah. I have a smoothie every day and I put a lot of effort into my smoothies, but this was way better than anything I do at home. I loved it. I just loved how nice the space was. It was just, it was great. And I, you know, I, I do exercise quite a bit. Like, uh, I do a lot of that stuff, you know, it's the squats and the lunges, whatever in my basement and, you know, burpees and all the other stuff that gets you going. But it was really nice to work out with a group of people in a group class. Yes, it was. You just feel the energy of everybody. I mean, I said I was running next to this girl on the machine and she was so into it, like so into it. And I loved just watching her. And it just motivated me just having this woman working so hard next to me that I was like, oh, I've got to get it. I've got to, I've got to dial it up a little bit. And you just kind of feed off of each other's adrenaline. Like, and I just I miss doing that. Like I miss soul cycle. I miss just that kind of group setting. I miss hardcore in London. I miss all those group classes where, yeah, there's someone screaming at you. The music's too loud. The lights are low and everyone just, it's throbbing in there. Like, and it's packed. Yeah. It's, I enjoyed it, but I'm the type of person I could do that like twice a month, maybe, maybe three times a month. <laughs> like I, yeah. I'm not a cardio person. I don't like to I run, am. especially like I'm just, I like to work out hard. I like to sweat, but I also am not, I, you know, I, I'm sure I've said this before, but it always cracks me up every time. So when my husband and I were first married and we were living in Park City and he was working as a climbing coach and I went to visit him at the climbing gym one day and we were climbing together And he was encouraging me to do this overhang pitch thing. And you have to be super strong to do it. And it was kind of like a bridge. So you cross over from one wall to another through this like overhang arch. That's what I'm looking for over this arch. And I get halfway over the arch and I just, I'm like not really strong enough to do this. And my husband is trying to motivate me and climbers, you know, are talking about how each community has their own like language and slang and clothing that you wear. And so like, in his community, you know, climbers are super encouraging of one another and really like try to motivate each other to go for these hard uh, moves. 
And so my husband was trying to motivate me using the language that him and his buddies would use. Well, my husband starts screaming at me, you got to just, you got to keep going. And then he goes, suffer. Oh God. That is like, I started laughing so hard. (laughs) I heard my husband yell suffer at me and I was on this overhang and I just was laughing so hard. I had to drop off and I was like, don't you know me at all? Like if you want to motivate me. The last thing in the world is to entice me with the, with the goal of suffering. Like, oh my God. So I don't, I'm not usually motivated by things like a suffer fest. Like I kind of want to stay in this middle range of like, okay, I'm pushing myself a little bit, but not too hard. (laughs) I'm the kind of person who's on a bike, like on Peloton. I have an app at home in my basement and I will be spinning. I forget this guy's name. I want to give him a shout out. If you have a bike at home, get the Peloton app. It's amazing. He is just saying all this super motivating stuff. Like, are you, you know, we started together. We're finishing together. Are you the best version of you want to like of, of who you want to be? You know, every inch makes a difference. Like just this person screaming at you the whole time, all this motivational stuff. I'm crying all over the bike, <laughs> killing myself sweat flying everywhere like I love that energy of someone screaming at you motivating you saying some spiritual things I get super into it I am the exact opposite I love all that stuff like that's what I love soul cycle everyone's crying waving their towels (laughs) like I am a hundred percent one of those people like I I go deep into it and then when you're done you just feel like you know, you just feel like you're on air. I mean, it's just, it's such a great release. I think you can move anything a lot, a lot of uh, anything that frustration, things you've been carrying, you can work a lot of that stuff out of the body through exercise. I like, I, that's how I feel personally. Oh, I agree with that a hundred percent. Yeah. So that's why if you push yourself, I'm not saying you have to kill yourself every time, like do anything that you like that you can do consistently, but there's sometimes when you really need an emotional release, it's really easy to do that when you're, you don't want to go one more mile and you just sprint at the end. It's, uh, I love it. Mm. Loved, loved a bit of berries. It was so good. And yeah, we just, I think we got, like, we, we came up with some new ideas. We got really inspired during that time. And we said we weren't going to do any work and we didn't. But I think giving yourself the opportunity to just marinate in fun, good time. And the second you feel really calm and you really calm and just in a good mood, that's when inspiration really comes. Yeah. Well, and like I said earlier, I really truly believe when you stop trying to force things to be something, yeah, that's when there's room and space for them to evolve into whatever it's supposed to be. If anything, you know, sometimes like we're allowed to have fun just for the sake of having fun. And it doesn't have to have be any deeper than that. Like, but sometimes it can be the breeding ground for inspiration, which can be deeper than that. So it's sort of like, just letting go, letting go of expectations, letting go of how things are supposed to look or the how they should look and being in the moment, like being present and easier said than done, of course, in a lot of cases, but yeah. And I think maybe compartmentalizing a little bit too. Like when we said, okay, we're not going to do any work stuff. Like this is just for fun. I think that's really helpful. 
And then knowing when like, okay, now is the time to work. And keeping some separation also can help keep your energy clean because you're not crossing over. And I'm sure a lot of people listening to this podcast have had collaborations or have had partnerships and partnerships in the yoga community can be really tricky and really difficult sometimes. And I think that's probably where one of those gray areas is, is like, when is it work time? When is it play time? And, Mm -hmm. and for us, I think that's why we had so much fun is because we knew like, this is just for play and there's no other agenda here. (laughs) We're done. A hundred percent. Well, I think we've kind of caught up. I mean, we'll keep this uh, around this time, but I just wanted to thank everybody who's reached out and have been enjoying this. Um, I'm always a bit surprised because I never remember what we talk about. It's kind of like a stream of consciousness or it's pretty much you guys just listening on in on the phone call we would probably have, or we do have anyways. So I just want to thank everybody who's, uh, yeah, enjoying the podcast and uh, letting us know. And thank you so much for listening and joining us. There's a lot of other stuff out there. So yeah, thanks again. Yeah. Thank you guys. And if you like the podcast, please share it. You can subscribe to it. You can rate it. You can leave a review, all of that stuff. But in general, Tracy and I do this just because we think it's really fun. So the fact that you're listening is enough for us. (laughs) Absolutely. And we will be back next week. We will. We will. All right. Bye guys. Bye Tracy. Bye. Bye.